the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Amplify Peace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Amplify Peace. We are all about exploring how we can listen, learn, and live differently in this crazy world. Together, we want to discover the impact of empathy, the strength of unity, the power of love, and the beauty of humanity. I'm your host, Lisa Jernigan, and I am so excited to welcome Lillian Nagatuni. And I probably really messed that up, so you're going to have to say that later. But Lillian is a dear friend. She she comes from Kenya. She lives here in Arizona with us. She's a nurse by profession. She's a volunteer by heart who opens her home to anyone. Nobody is a stranger in her life. And she came here with a major in journalism and communication, which lends so well to what we're going to talk about today, which is really the significance of storytelling and sharing our stories with each other in those places that we create that are safe and where our stories can be honored, can be respected, and can be held. So first of all, Lillian, welcome to Amplify Peace. Thank you so much, Lisa. And it's a pleasure for you to give me this opportunity just to talk to you, give you my story. Um, I'm just happy to be here in this space with you. So as you know, I am Lillian Getunyi. That's my government name. Um, but my home name, I go by Binti. A lot of people know me by Binti. That's my, my dad used to call me that a lot. And that's, I'm trying to bring that back. So you're all welcome to call me Binti, but also, also, also known as um, Lillian. So I came to United, I've been in United States now for, oh God, for now 26 years. I came here to study, um, and I, like Lisa said, um, I started studied. Uh, I got a bachelor's in communications, and mainly my profession was to go to journalism, and also ended up as a nurse. Um, I'm from. I was born in Kenya. My city, the city that I was born from, is Nairobi. So most Nairobians will tell ask you, it's like being here in you um, in United States, and people are like you will ask you, where are you from? New York, New York. For me, I'm from Nairobi. I don't come from the countryside. I don't come, I'm from the city. I'm born from the city. That's where my home is. That's where my parents are from. That's where my mom and dad are buried. Um, so I'm from the city. I'm from the capital city of Nairobi. Um, I come from the one of the, I'm proud to say, and I have to brag, the biggest tribe in, in Kenya, Kikuyu. I have to put out that shout, put that shout out there. And my love is to be with people. I just love communicating, welcoming people, learning culture. And it's it's just been a joy. It's been a journey for me from I left home. And I have to say this, I'm going to bring God into this. Um, I remember when I, when I decided that I wanted to come to the United States, it, there was some trauma going on back home. And I was adamant and I was like Lord please please get me out of this chaos 
um, there was some chaos going on and I knelt down and I told God, God, please open a door for me to go to the United States. I had never opened, I had never had any desire of coming to the United States or even going abroad. Um, and as time and time and I mean, things, doors just opened up. I ended up doing uh, a, a small program. Uh, you had to do a quiz. You had to do an exam for you to get into. Though, anyway, there's a whole process to it, to come to the United States for you to get into school. And this, we're talking about 20, 26 years ago. It's become much easier now. It's not as hard as it was back in the day. So I have, I moved here. I started, my first place to stay was Spokane, Washington. So shout out to Spokane, Washington. That is my home. That is my, that's, that's where my roots started in the United States. Um, and I met this beautiful, beautiful couple that took me in. I had nothing, Lisa. I had nothing. When I tell you nothing, no. And Spokane, Washington is a very um, white, and this is not about race, but it's very white. I was terrified, mm. terrified to be in that state. I did not know where I was going. I did not know where I was going. And it was the coldest ooh, month. I came in November, 1998, and it was cold. So I'm wearing a leather jacket thinking that it's, I'm gonna be, I'm looking cool. I'm looking fly. I'm looking, I'm, I'm ready for the season until I walk out and get, get out and it was freezing cold. Went to the, started college. I did not know anyone. And it was a journey in itself. And I met this beautiful couple later through the process um, who took me under their wings and slowly directed me on how to go to school, what to do, how to wear, how to speak. I mean, I could speak. I was just a confused individual, but I was blessed to have these wonderful couple. Um, their name is Ron and Marianne Fraze. I love them dearly. They married myself and my husband today. They have blessed my children. Um, and I lived with them for about five years. I was in Spokane, mm -hmm. Washington for five years, graduated, moved to Los Angeles, um, lived in Anaheim, California for about two years, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do or what jobs I wanted to do. And then I found my husband in the process. That way we dated, dated for um, when I was in California for about two years, long distance. And then he asked me to marry him. And that's how I ended up in New Jersey, lived there for another 10, 11 years. And my sister, who now moved to Arizona, told me to come and visit her here in Arizona. And I ended up here. That's so an amazing Arizona journey for me is my home right now. So I've been here now for about 11. Ooh, wow. Another 11 years. So that's an amazing journey. Quite the yes. journey, quite a scenic yes. journey, even across the States. <laughs> well, I want to jump into, because you talked about you, you, along that journey, collected stories, obviously, yes. even in the United States. Yes. And so we're kind of talking about just the, the significance of storytelling in our lives. And I know in the African culture, storytelling is a really big part of culture. Passing down um, traditions, passing down just the stories for, for generations. Right. Talk a little bit about, because when you were talking about, you said, well, my mom's generation is a little different on storytelling than today. Can you briefly walk us through what that looks like in your mom's generation, the significance of storytelling and culture? Um, I would say in my mom's time, everything, and even my dad's time, both of them, there's a big, 
big, big significance between a man and a woman. What stories do you pass down to a man and to a woman? So most, most, most families, mothers took care of their daughters, teaching them what they needed to be as women. And fathers took care of their fa sons and taught them what they needed to be as men. But together, there was a sense of community. Um, we were always taught how to, we had to pitch in, we had to help in. If it was, uh, what do I say digging the land? Uh, I think it's a tilling, digging. Mm -hmm. Cultivating, and tilling. Cultiv thank you, cultivating the land. Everybody pitched in. Everybody had a responsibility. If it was taking care of grandma, my, my dad's side of the family, we all had to participate in doing that. And there were specific roles for us as, again, women as men. It was respected. There were boundaries um, that we could not cross. And it was respected. We knew our roles. They Actually, they did know their roles. Let me say, especially for my mom, because things have changed since I moved here. Um, my mom knew her role and my dad knew. He was more of a provider, more of a protector, more of a guider. My mom was more of a nurturer, more of a, uh, a caretaker. Um, and she pretty much welcomed, that was her job. She brought everybody together. If it was time to cooking, she we would all pitch in. Dad would be the person of, hey, we're gonna do this. I expect this to be done. And this will, be, and it, it it was done. It was. It's just a cultural thing that we never questioned. We never. It was. It was just normal. Um, it's not like today where either you, my kids today question me, <laughs> but um, I I honestly say, Lisa, um, I respect that time as as much as I was growing into it, uh, and being a child in it, I found it very controlling and very authoritative. But I appreciate so many things that we did together because we did a lot of things as family. And I missed that. I mean, there were things that we could not do without our aunts and uncles. There were things that we knew if aunt and uncle said this, this had to be done, or we had to share this. If it was food that we had to, to us, a specific family was suffering, we had to take care of that within the family. And when I'm talking about family, I'm talking about extended family, not sure. just nuclear. It was sure. extended. So everything was spread out. Um, compared to now, it's 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 a very different story altogether. And that's what my parents did. So we talked about, we sat, I mean, we, I, I'll tell you, like my my dad talked, he comes, he comes from the Mau Mau generation. My grandpa fought for that time when we were colonized. Uh, by the British. And he passed on those stories of, you know, how colonization took place and why we were colonized and how we need to change. And that's why he believed that I needed to go to school. Most people don't let their children go to school. My dad was one of us. You have to go to school, especially mm -hmm. as a girl. Um, he believed that I needed to go that route because there were opportunities out there. My mom, the same thing. She did not go to school. She did not have that opportunity but she was presented with that saying hey my daughter will go to school and I want her to go to school and we talked about that and so I mean it, it's it's amazing we I never I, I never I used to take it for granted but now even I tell my kids I tell them you guys have no idea how blessed you are how what you have what you can do my parents didn't have it there are things that I still don't have till today um and even within my friends, with the things that we talk, because we come from different tribes. Every tri tribe 
has their own experiences, um, their own beliefs, the way they teach, the way they parent, the way they share stuff. Um, everyone has their own story on how they do stuff. Um, and what so, is the significance of those stories, passing them down like in each tribe? Like you said, each tribe has their own story. So for right. you, hearing stories from your parents, from your grandparents, how did that inform and impact you and who you are through those stories of generations before you, of the land, of the culture, of the history? I would say, Lisa, great a great, great sense of appreciation and respect. Um, there was, there, there's one thing that we are told, we were always told, like the Bible says, I was, I'm brought up Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always to honor, honor your father and mother. Mm-hmm. It was always to, God was number one in our household. Um, especially with my mom. My mom was raised Christian. She's a Christian. Um, she believed that God comes first, which is to honor mom and dad. And everything else comes after that. And when you say sharing our stories, um, every when I think of what my grandfather went through and what my parents went through, it has made it has made me the person that I am today. I've wanted to do better. I've wanted to excel better. I've wanted to push myself, even as a woman in the culture, African culture, to be a better mother, a better. I, I mean instead of just men becoming uh, the breadwinners to realize, you know, men can also need help. It's not just for men to, to, to be the breadwinners. They can sit back and relax. And also, you know, we can chip in here and there, but you know, they can also, we can be helpers too. They're not the only people to take care of that because I think of how my grandfather, he worked till he, he, you know, he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and it broke my grandmother and breaking of losing that that part of the breadwinner it goes on to the next generation because the woman doesn't know how to take care of that person i mean the next generation she's mm. left stuck um so that's that's something that has changed over the years i feel right. because we have shared those stories of what mm-hmm. our parents did and how we want to do things better and how i want to do be- things better for myself and for my kids you know um mm-hmm. i'm now teaching my boys today um that I want them to not only, they don't, they don't have to be the best cooks, but I'd love them to know how to cook. That's I'd so love good. them how to cling. So those stories of the things that I went through that men, and my husband also plays a big part on that and saying, hey, you don't have to rely on the lady to do this. You don't have to do, you can do it for yourself. And it's okay to do it for yourself. Absolutely. That is so you know? good. So that, that And you are an amazing mom. I try. You really are. I try, well, I try Lisa. I, I want to jump forward a little bit Go ahead. to when we first met Yes, and we met, we both were attending a conference yes. and we met washing our hands in the bathroom actually. Yes. And we yes. started a conversation. So you never know a chance meeting and where store and where a friendship can begin. And Absolutely. it began there washing our hands. We walked out, we started talking and we're like, we need to connect and we need to see each other. And we, when we saw each other a couple of times and then yes. you invited me over and you said, yes. I want you to come over. I want to fix you uh, a Kenyan meal, an yes. African meal. I want to come over. Yes. And I yes. was so excited. So I remember we set this date. I come to your house. I knock on the door and I open it up thinking I'm going to just spend some time with you and possibly your family, whatever. Yes. I opened the door 
and here's all this music coming out and there's all this laughter and joy. And I opened the door to a room full of women that were just having fun. And there was this whole spread of food on the counter and you invited me and you invited your friends from different parts, different countries in Africa to be together and for me to meet them. And so I walked, I literally stepped into a whole new world of different cultures. And I remember being overwhelmed and yet like so energized going, it, 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 it was, it was overwhelming in all the right ways. And then I remember sitting down and we sat down in your living room and I don't know, there's probably 10 or 12 of us. It was quite a few of us. Yes. And, and we started sharing our stories. I just started asking a question, like, I want to hear your stories. Right. And then as each woman, and I don't know how many countries are represented there. There were several countries. I, but there were, there were several. I would say maybe about six, seven, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes. So yes. tell me how you remember that time. Because we were all strangers when yes. we walked into that room. I was a stranger to them. They were all strangers to me. You were the commonality. You were oh. the common person that knew us all, that brought us yes. all together. And so from there... I, and then I, when we left, we were bonded. Yeah, we were knitted together. You even gave me an African name yes. when we left, and I was—I felt like part of the group. You so embraced me, and I felt so welcome. And to this day, I'll never forget that evening. And we keep saying we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And we've had other other gatherings and things, but there's something really significant about that evening. And all we did was we ate, we ate amazing we food, talked. we shared food yes. and we talked, but we shared, every woman shared their story. Tell me how that impacted you and what, from, from your vantage point, the significance of that evening. Lisa, first of all, I have to say, we thank, I have to thank God because most of those women had an idea of who you were and what you do and how you have impacted women in this country, what the things that you've done in church. And I just have to say, thank you. I appreciate you. And I love you for that, Lisa, Mm. because you're just an amazing woman. Oh, thank you. All sorts of ways. So when I brought these women together, uh, a few of them attended, attend Central. And I told them, hey, you know what? I have Lisa Jernigan coming. She's an amazing woman. She's t- she wants to talk about storytelling and about peace and about how we can all, what st- how can we get together and just have, what is this, what do we have in common that can just bring us to the table? And all of them were excited about it. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll host it. And it's unbelievable how that night turned out because I did not expect it either. We all had our stories. And um, one thing about Africans, you put food on in front of African people. It will bring us together, Lisa. It will bring us together. And I'm talking about good cooking. You, oh, it will and it was amazing food. I mean, the so, cuisine was outstanding. Yes. So each one of these women were willing to bring in a little bit of their dishes from the different parts of where they come from. And that's how we got all that food together. And... We just sat there and we just talked. I mean, I learned stories about them that I did not know either. Um, And it was such a beautiful, beautiful thing that, again, being here in the United States, and I'm I'm talking about this women, the women that we were, we we don't even spend that time talking about those stories. So that day was a beautiful day. 
to talk about our experiences, talk about what we are going through, how do we move forward. And we need more of that, Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. Even when we left that evening, we were like, oh my God, we need for people to come in together and just hear how how we, we all experience some things a little different, but it's the same thing. But how do we ad- how do we get out of that adversity? How can we help each other? How can we be there for each other? Um, that was the biggest thing for me is even how we see ourselves in this country, you know, not even this country, even back home, how we we looked at ourselves. Um, like most of the people there are women. And uh, unfortunately, in Africa, women are really they're really put down. Um, it we have to work really hard for ourselves to to step up or be come to the same level as men um so just hearing the stories of what my friends are going through or what they stated um for example i mean i, I think you remember this conversation of one person because it's we were brought we were brought up in a certain culture we're influenced a lot by the west and when we come here you don't realize how different it is we know the history because we're taught the history, but until you walk into it, you're like, oh my gosh. I won't lie to you, Lisa. I When I came here and realized that there are few of us here, few black, I'm, I'm talking about my experience. I'll give you a story. Mm-hmm. As a black person and black people go through as adversity and this is their story, the his, their history, this is what their history, because it's not my history, but it, I get the history and this is what I'm going through and this is what my kids are going to go through. It's mind blowing because now you have to learn things and you have to learn how to communicate. You learn how to, um, instead of bottling it in, because some of us just come, we just come to work. We want a better life. We want the money. We want the glitz and the glam, but we forget in the process of we lose ourselves. And instead of focusing, going back to the nitty gritty of, hey, let's come together as a community. Let's sit down. Let's talk. How do we, how can we get out of this? And how are people dealing with this? How are you doing it? You know, how are you, how are you dealing with it so I can do better for myself? We had no clue um, that among us were going through this stuff. But until you open your mouth, until you allow yourself to insert. And I'm very good. I'm, I'm usually very open. Uh, if you welcome me, listen, I will You've invited me into your space. I will go to that space. Means that you want me there for it. So I always try to do that, and that's one thing that um, brought all my sisters together. I call them sisters today because we're together. We 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 talk not as regular, but it was amazing just to see how common we are. Even going through the things that we have gone through, we may not be in the same house, same household, not from the same tribe, not from the same country, not, not from the same, um, uh, what would I say, status quo of um, how we make money, um, but we go through things in similar ways. But how do we get, how do we help each other? How do we, how can we uh, uplift each other? How can we get out ourselves out of bad situations? So it's 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 just amazing. That day was just a beautiful day, and I think honestly, Lisa, it was because of what you're doing, which what which is amplify peace, which is a is a way to bring peace not only within uh, other other countries that are going through crisis. Every little, even within homes, um, we are all going through something, and 
we it's it's important to share that story with somebody else because you never know what they're going through and your story might uplift somebody else or we'll get that person out of that rat where, wherever they are or we'll give them an idea that you never gave them i mean th that they never had so for me it's just um it, it was just a beautiful beautiful night and thank you for coming lisa Oh my gosh. I was so honored and blessed. I was on such a high for so long because in that room, there were tears. There yes. were laughter. We even danced at the end. Yes, we did. I mean, it was just, it was women just feeling safe and comfortable though. There was diversity in the room in many ways. Like you said, different tribes, different cultures, yes. uh, different ethnicities yes. um, and different stories, but there was healing happening in that room and you could feel it through the tears and to, for women to go, I had no idea. They right. went through that too. Yes. I had no idea. I, I did that. I had that same, you know, experience. And so it was this connection that was happening right. in community, this beautiful connection when women come together, anybody, but especially when women come together and just say, this is who I am. And we just show up as we are who we are. And we, we have to create those safe places. And that's what you did. You oh, created a safe place in your home. <laughs> <laughs> with bringing friends together and giving us all permission to sit around food, which is a common connection, and with with the music and with all of that to sit. You created the perfect environment that was conducive for storytelling, for women to sit there and be who they are and just connect as, as women, as friends, and moving forward. And it was a beautiful evening, and I want to thank you for making that possible. And we need more of that. Amen. We, need, we, we sure need do. More, we sure um, do. Together of just sharing our stories and coming together. I want to thank you for coming on and talking and sharing your story, your life, your culture, who you are. And you are a blessing to me and to <laughs> so many. And it really is important that we share our stories and we let thank people into our stories and we hold other stories that may be different, different perspectives, different insights, but we yes. hold them and we honor them because yes. every story is sacred. Well, as always, thanks for being part of this podcast and the Amplify Peace community. For more information on living as a peacemaker in today's world, connect with us at AmplifyPeace.com and you can follow us on all social media. Shalom. Shalom, my sister. This program was sponsored by Amplified Peace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.